<clears throat> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, how's it going? It's me, Daniel Kay, the editor of the Daniel Kay's Let's Plays podcast. How are ya? Wow, long time no podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while since I've released an episode. Boy, I've got one for you right now. I've got an episode for you to listen to. Um, but it's not its not quite a perfect episode. Something something went wrong in its creation, and it's kind of a weird... It's kind of been made weird by that wrongness in its mix. I'll tell you what happened. I recorded an episode. I was really happy with the recording. Had lots of fun playing the game. Oh, it was great. It was a great episode. Uh, that very night, I stayed up late uh, editing it, putting it together, uh, and uh, finished finished the editing. Ah, oh, good job, Dan, I thought to myself. And then I hit save, and... Uh, I watched the loading bar, the saving, you know, taking its time saving bar for a little bit. I pulled out my phone to start playing with it. I dropped my phone on the keyboard of my... I dropped my phone on my laptop, I should say, and it hit the laptop with a bang. And uh, my laptop wasn't plugged in, so it was just running off battery power. And I think it kind of shook the battery connection a little bit, because for whatever reason, the laptop shut down. So it shut down in the middle of saving the episode. So I'm like, oh... Oh, this is a turn of events. <laughs> this is a turn up for the books. Luckily, I know uh, Audacity has a really nice uh, project recovery feature. So I'll just turn on the laptop. I turned on the laptop and I opened up the uh, Audacity program and it said, Hey, uh, you were in the middle of a, a project when we shut down. You want, me to, you want me to recover that, buddy? And I was like, Yes, sir, Audacity. Good on you. Yes, please. And it went, okay, working, working. Here you go. <laughs> Here's your project. <laughs> I was like, this, what have you done, Audacity? Um, it, it, it fucked me over. Uh, basically, the entire episode was full of six-second silences. Just silences. And I think it's the... Uh, the corrupted data in the original raw audio. Because in the... Like in the folder full of the raw audio from the recording, it, it saves it in six-second chunks. And it looks like some of them have just been exploded, totally eradicated. Uh, and so every minute or so, there's a six-second silence where some of my talking should be in the episode. So, well, that's to- pretty pretty messed up, isn't it? Not much you can do about that. You can't really listen to a podcast where the talking stops for six seconds at a time and uh, the talking which would have been there has just been lost. Like, you'll lose context. It'll be impossible to listen to and enjoy. Ah, oh, well, your old pal Daniel has a little trick up his sleeve. It's called... Uh, <laughs> It's called a dumb idea he had. So yeah, what I've done is I've uh, I've re-recorded those audios. The audio, yeah, I just uh, I've re-recorded the six-second chunks. So hopefully it'll be seamless. Hopefully there'll be one or two six-second chunks where you won't actually notice that it's it's me acting <laughs> like I'm experiencing the game for the first time. You hopefully you won't notice a thing. Hopefully, it'll be perfectly seamless. In fact, I'll say, likely, it will be perfectly seamless and you won't notice a thing. So, without further ado, I'm going to hand you over to the capable hands of Daniel Kay, the podcast host uh, from the past. And he's going to introduce the episode and tell you all about it. And you won't notice anything at all is wrong. I promise. Bye, everyone. See you soon.
<clears throat> Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's me Daniel Kay, the host of the Daniel Kay's Let's Plays podcast, the world's first and favourite audio only video game Let's Play podcast. Hey, how's it going? I haven't checked in with you good folks for quite some time. Um, yeah, there's been a hiatus. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, I, I've had some busyness, which I've had to deal with, and now most of that business is all dealt with, so, yeah, I've got time to start doing the whole podcast thing again, so I get to come out here to my shed and record episodes. I better not talk too long this time, because, hey, listeners, I have a hard out. Do you know what that means? I've only ever heard that, uh, said by podcast guests who need to leave at a certain time. A hard out. And that means it's uh, 6.06 a.m. right now, listeners, where I am in the morning. Six minutes past six in the morning. At about 6.50, I've just got to get up and leave because I've got to drive to work. Oh, shit, it just clicked over to 6.07. So, oh, geez, we better dive right on into it, shall we? This is an exciting new series. Um, uh, yeah, I'm playing... Okay, this might take some explaining. Even though I said I had I had somewhere to be, let's take some time to explain it. Does any of you out there know what a fighting fantasy book is? Yeah? Oh, oh okay. You all do. All right. Well, never mind then. Uh, maybe I better tell you anyway. Uh, so fighting fantasy, they're like choose-your-own-adventure books mixed with a D&D game. They're like slightly more advanced choose-your-own-adventure uh, game books. Um... And they were really cool. I had a lot of fun playing them with my little cousins when we were little kids. We'd go to the second-hand uh, bookshop down in the, the little rural town we went to uh, on holidays as a whole family. And the aunties and the cousins and all that stuff. And we'd go to the second-hand bookshop and we'd see if they had any fighting fantasy books. And they usually had one or two and we bought, we bought them for two bucks or whatever. Fifty cents sometimes, I think. And then me and my cousins, I oh, would play them together. Good old fun. And now it's the modern age and we have smartphones and the fighting fantasy book company have gone, huh, 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 huh. Well, probably not them. Probably some new upstart who have, like, purchased the rights or, you know, some subsidiary company, whatever. They've digitized the books and turned them into an app. You can buy this for your phone. You can buy uh, fighting fantasy choose your own role-playing game book adventures to play on your phone, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. So I've got my phone here. I've downloaded the app. It wasn't free. It was $7 or whatever. Um, Oh, no, it's not $7. The app itself is free, but you make individual purchases for the books you want to buy. I'll just open the app and you can hear the fireside ambience. I think that's someone rolling dice in the background. Anyway, um, yeah, so they've got a whole selection of old fighting fantasy game books, which you can buy for a couple bucks each, and then play on your phone. Uh, so I had a bit of a, I had a bit of a choice. I didn't know what to, like, which, which one to play. So I put it up, uh, as a poll on Twitter, and it was a three-way tie between Warlock of Firetop Mountain, uh, Citadel of Chaos... For, no, uh, and City of Thieves, right? Uh, and then the fourth option, Forest of Doom, that wasn't part of the successful three-way tie. Uh, so yeah, I was kind of left to have to make my own decision, so I decided to go with uh, Warlock of Firetop Mountain. That's what I'm going to be playing, and that's an interesting decision because that's the first ever fighting fantasy book. 
So I'm wondering if there's going to be weird kinks in this one, or it's going to be different to how I remember these books being, because it was the, the protoplasm which became the series. But whatever, we're just going to click on the book. I'm going to dive right on into the book. I'm going to hit the next. Deep in the caverns beneath Firetop Mountain lies an untold wealth of treasure guarded by blah 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 blah. Um, I'm sure we'll get the story as we, you know, <laughs> as we play. Alrighty. The Warlock of Firetop Mountain is a fighting fantasy game book, an interactive adventure in which you are the hero. You can only win by choosing the correct path, finding equipment, avoiding traps, and surviving combat. You'll need to be as wise as an owl and as cunning as a weasel to triumph over the challenges ahead of you. I can be cunning as a weasel. Uh, before embarking on your adventure, you must determine your own strengths and weaknesses with a series of dice rolls. You've been preparing for your quest by training yourself in swordplay to improve your skill and exercising vigorously to build up your stamina. Yeah, that sounds like me. Before making your rolls, you must choose from one of three difficulty settings. This gamebook has been designed for optimum challenge on the Adventurer difficulty mode. For newcomers to fighting fantasy, we recommend Adventurer or the Free Read modes. For experienced readers already familiar with printed versions of this gamebook, we recommend Hardcore Hero. Alright, so we get to choose. Uh, free Read looks like how I played this as a kid, to be honest, where it kind of gives you the chance to just skip past fighting and turn to whatever page you feel like. So, because uh, I'm an adult now, I'm going to be an adventurer. Play the Warlock of Firetop Mountain exactly how Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston designed it. Very little has been changed from the print version. Your starting skill is calculated by rolling 1d6 plus 6. You're also given unlimited bookmarks, which act like placing your fingers between the pages. Oh, ooh, that's pretty special. Alright, yeah, Adventurer. Done. You have chosen the Adventurer difficulty mode. For b b before continuing, you must calculate your... Initial stamina. Your stamina score reflects your general constitution, your will to survive, your determination, and overall fitness. The higher your stamina score, the longer you'll be able to survive. You must roll two dice and add 12 to the number rolled. This is then entered to the stamina box on your adventurer sheet. Stamina will go up and down during your journey, but if your stamina falls to zero, you die, and your adventure is over. All right. Roll your stamina. I see a little button with a picture of dice on. So let's click. Oh, two digital dice plopped out. I got, what was that, a four and a five. Fuck, man. Your roll of nine plus a base of 12 means your stamina is 21. God damn it, I'm a tank. Wonderful. All right, next we better determine my skill. And just before I hit that little skill determination button, I'm going to lean over and have a little sip of this coffee I've made myself on this frosty Australian morning. Ooh, it's chilly in the shed. Yum, yum, yum. It's still dark outside. I'm sitting in front of these big windows I've got in my shade, and I can see there's no sun out yet. It's still pitch black. Because um, it's winter time here in Australia. So 6.13am, no sun for us. No way. All right, let's determine my skill. <clears throat> All right. So your skill reflects your swordsmanship and your general fighting expertise. The higher, the better. Oh, cool. Your starting skill is determined by rolling one die and adding six to the number. This is the then entered in the skill box on your adventurer sheet. Your adventurer sheet can be accessed at any time using the menu at the bottom of the screen. Roll your starting skill. I click the, the, the dice button. Oh, fuck! 
listeners. Oh no, I rolled a one. My skill is uh, one plus six. My skill is seven. God, fuck me there. This is not going to work out. I better roll really well for this next one. Determine my luck. My luck score indicates how naturally lucky a person you are. Luck and magic are facts of life in the fantasy kingdom you are about to explore. Your starting luck is determined by rolling one die and adding six to the number. This is then entered into the luck box on your adventurer sheet. I'd definitely be re-rolling that skill if I was, like, a real life... If I wasn't being recorded doing this, I'd be like, fuck this, and I'd exit the game and I'd start again and re-roll that one. I'd pretend I was a halfling and I'd re-roll the one. Alright, let's, let's roll our luck. Maybe we'll get lucky with this one. Although... It's a catch-22, isn't it? But I don't have time to get into it because the clocks are ticking. Click. Roll the dice. Fuck me dead! Another one! It's another one. It wasn't a catch-22. It made perfect sense. I needed luck to get a high luck score because I didn't have a high luck score. I wasn't lucky. And I rolled a one. I got minimum luck. And I got minimum skill. So in this game, my character is going to be an idiot. Moroning my way through this fire top mountain. Alright, let's see what's next. Uh, next, I get to choose a potion. <clears throat> so it says here In addition to your other starting equipment, you may take one bottle of a magical potion which will aid you on your quest. Okay, it's fine, it's fine. I'll just treat this like, like hard mode. I'm doing this on hard mode. <laughs> Uh, each potion contains enough for one measure, so use it wisely. The potions of skill and strength will fully restore your skill or stamina points. Uh, respectively. The potion of fortune will add one to your initial luck before fully restoring your luck points. Which potion will you take on your quest? Skill, strength, or fortune? Um, let's... Let's min-max a little bit. Shall we? And get the uh, strength potion because that my my stamina, aka my strength, is already like super duper high. I figure that's gonna be like that's gonna be the buffer between me and death. My skill and my luck are gonna let me down. My stamina is gonna keep me alive, so I'm gonna buy a potion which will refill that that stamina. Yeah, potion of strength. Are you sure you want that potion? Yep. In addition to your other... Oh, no, okay, cool. Next, you must repair your adventurer's equipment. Man, this is great. This is so much good fun. Uh, you begin your adventure with a sword and a shield, leather armor, a backpack containing provisions, which is food and drink, and a lantern to light your way. Rationing your provisions is key to a successful adventure. They may be consumed at any time, excluding combat, by accessing the adventurer sheet. Each meal restores four stamina. Be sure to pay close attention. Pay close attention. <laughs> Be sure to pay close attention to your stamina and restore it regularly. Your difficulty setting determines how many provisions you begin with. Adventurers and free readers start with ten, while hardcore heroes begin with three. During your quest, you may encounter characters and items that alter your three scores, stamina, luck, or skill. 
Usually these scores may only ever be restored to their initial amount, but on very rare occasions, a particular page may grant an effect that defies this rule. Aside from these occasions, some magic items may also allow you to exceed your initial scores. Once you have reread your equipment, you may begin. May the luck of the gods go with you on the adventure ahead. How do I read? Oh, here we are. Down the bottom I've got a little picture of a, a backpack and a book and a globe. Let's have a look at our character sheet, huh? Okay, I look like a weird sort of orky man with like a Beatles bowl cut and a bandana. I've got my, my rippling chest exposed for all to see. Or I could be a, like an orc woman with a helmet. Oh, a rangery woman. Oh, like a stern-looking Nordsman. There's no friendly-looking people. Oh, it's like a black-haired woman with raven feathers for pauldrons. Oh, scary-looking androgene with braided hair. Oh, an old man in a hood. Oh, a handsome-looking dashing fellow with a scar across his right eye. Oh, a weird orc with a mohawk. A weird orc with a pompadour. A weird orc with a fucking dead rat on his head or something. A scary looking man in a cloak. Man with mutton chops. Oh, pretty lady. Yeah, we're a pretty lady. Name. My name is Player. Yeah, that works. Done. Okay, so. Uh, oh man, I look pretty cool. Uh, okay, stamina 21, skill 7, luck 7. Uh, I'm carrying a potion of strength, provisions times 10, a sword, leather armor, shield, and a lantern. Oh, close my inventory. Alright, here we are. This is it, this is the game starting. Uh, it's 19 past 6, so we've still got some good gameplay time, listeners. Um. <coughs> Only a foolhardy adventurer would embark upon such a perilous quest without first finding... Oh, this isn't the start of the game. This is some more preamble. Without first finding out uh, as much as possible. There's a, there's a little... I wonder if this is an error from the uh, paper book or if this is an error which they put in when they digitized it. Only a foolhardy adventurer would embark upon such a perilous quest without first finding out as much as possible about the... F the mountain and its treasures. Before your arrival at the foot of Firetop Mountain, you spend several days with the humble townsfolk of a village some two days' journey from the base. Being a likeable sort of person, you find it easy to get on with the locals. Oh, that's nice. I'm a likeable character. That's good. Although they told many stories about the mysterious Warlock Sanctuary, you could not feel sure that all or indeed any of these were based on fact. The villagers had seen many adventurers pass through on their way to the mountain, but very few ever returned. The journey ahead was extremely dangerous. That you knew for that you knew for certain. I'd normally cut that uh, little false takeout, but because I'm stuck for time, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna power on through it. Uh, of those who returned to the village, none contemplated ever going back to Firetop Mountain. There seemed to be some truth in the rumour that the warlock's treasure was stored in a magnificent chest with two locks. And the keys to these locks were guarded by various creatures within the dungeons. The warlock himself was a sorcerer of great... power. Some described him as old, others as young. Some said his power came from an enchanted deck of cards, others from a silky black glove. 
from the silky black gloves that he wore. Listeners, I'm wearing gloves at the moment. I've got one uh, woolly glove, which is blue on my left hand. I've got one black fingerless glove on my right hand so I can I can, I can can use my touch screen of my phone. Because, ooh, it's chilly. I didn't want to have cold hands out here in my shed. So me and the warlock, we've potentially got that in common. Great. So now I've wasted all my time talking about my gloves. I think that at this uh, stopped juncture... I'm going to have some more coffee. Mmm, yo. Oh, good stuff. Nom, 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 nom. Well, where were we? The entrance to the mount was guarded by a pack of warty-faced goblins. Stupid creatures. Fond of their food and drink. (laughs) Oh, no, fond of food and drink. Towards the inner chambers, the creatures became more fearsome. To reach the inner chambers, you would have to cross a river... The ferry service was regular, but the ferryman enjoyed good barter, so you should save a gold piece for the trip. What the fuck is there? Like a... A ferryman just sort of lives in this weird mountain? Sure. I guess so many adventurers go that, like, a, a um, an industry has developed to sort of ferry them across the river. Uh, the locals also encourage you to keep a good map of your wanderings, for without a map, you would end up hopelessly lost within the mountain. When it finally came to your day of leaving, the whole village turned out to wish you a safe journey. Tears came to the eyes of many of the villagers, young and old alike. This is a bit much, I think. You couldn't help wondering whether they were tears of sorrow shed by eyes which would never see you alive again. (laughs) Alright, turn the page. Oh, art! I see a picture! Shit, this is great! This is good shit! At last, your two-day hike is over. You unsheathe your sword, lay it on the ground, and sigh with relief as you lower yourself down onto a mossy rock to sit for ah. And then that's all it says. But on the page here is this really nice, stark uh, pen and ink drawing. Really nice line work. It looks so good. I see, um, yeah, I see a cave in the sheer face of a cliff, uh, and in front of the cave there's this kind of marshy, muddy ground, and, uh, stuck in the ground are sticks with droopy-looking sad skulls sat on top of them, uh, and then in the foreground here there's like a, a, a weird old mangrove tree-looking thing, which has kind of been torn up from the ground, and the, the roots are winding banyan-like in and out of the ground, and there's rocks. A really nice penmanship. It's a it's a nice picture. This is good. This is a good book. Alright, where were we? Uh, blah, 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 sword, blah, blah, lay it on the ground, blah. Lower yourself down on the mossy rocks to sit for a moment's rest. You stretch, rub your eyes, and finally look up at Firetop Mountain. The very mountain itself looks menacing. The steep face in front of you looks to have been savaged by the claws of some gargantuan beast. Sharp rocky crags jut out at unnatural angles. At the top of the mountain you can see the eerie red colouring, probably some savage vegetation, which has given the mountain its name. (gasps) Perhaps no one will ever know exactly what grows up there, as climbing the peak must surely be impossible. I wonder if we'll find out. I bet we will later on in the book. We'll be like, oh, you come out of the cavern and now you're surrounded by a jungle of weird red reeds. Uh, and then they try and whip you. And I gotta try and not be whipped by the 
by the jungly reeds or something like that. Who knows? We'll find out. <clears throat> your quest lies ahead of you. Across the clearing is a dark cave entrance. You pick up your sword, get to your feet, and consider what dangers may lie ahead of you. But with determination, you thrust your sword home into its scabbard and approach the cave. You peer into the gloom to see dark, slimy walls with pools of water on the stone floor in front of you. The air is cold and dank. You light your lantern and step wearily into the blackness. Cobwebs brush your face and you hear the scurrying of tiny feet. Rats, most likely. You set off into the cave. After a few yards, you arrive at a junction. Will you turn west or east? So will I turn west? If so, I turn to page 71. Or do I go to the east and uh, go to page 278? Man, what do we reckon, listeners? West or east? Uh, eat sunny wheat bix. West. Uh, uh, so it's like left or right. Do I want to go left or right? Well, right is always right, so let's go east. Turn to 278. The passageway soon comes to an end at a locked wooden door. You listen at the door but hear nothing. Will you try to charge the door down? Holy shit. If so, turn to page 156. If you'd rather turn around, go back to the junction, turn to 92. Charge the door down. Shit, that would be brash. Do we want to be a brash character? I'm a, I'm a pretty lady character, so I feel I should compensate uh, for that fact in this hard world of uh, knockabout adventuring by being a, a tough girl. <laughs> this is a real cliche. Editor's note. Breaking the fourth wall. Anyway, I charge the door with your shoulder. Roll two dice. Um, and now I roll the dice. Ah, oh, five and two. You definitely pass the skill check. Excellent. So if the number rolled is less than or equal to your skill score, you succeed. Turn to 343. Uh, so that's what I do. 343. Here we go. The door bursts open and you fall headlong into a room, but your heart jumps as you realize you are not landing on the floor, but plunging down a pit of some kind. <laughs> Luckily, the pit is not particularly deep, and you land in a heap less than two meters down. Lose one stamina point for your bruises. Well, fuck that. I got stamina for days. You climb out of the pit into the room and leave through the door heading westwards. Soggy. What? So with... what? Wait. Leave through the door heading westwards. I came in through a door heading east, didn't I? So am I going back? Am I going back to the junction because there was nothing in the room? Let's, let's turn to page 92. You arrive back at the junction in the passage. Fuck. You look left to see the cave entrance in the dim distance and you walk straight on. Turn to page 71. So this is the left way anyway. I, okay, right is not always right. I, my opinion has just changed. Oh, we get some more artwork. We see what looks like a... A kind of... A scraggly old fat... Uh, uh, stately goblin man. Sleeping in a nook. And he's got some like... Some pretty cool looking armor. Looks like it's been stitched together from little plates. It's got a pretty nice helmet. It's got a spear. There's an empty bottle at his uh, at his jaunty feet. Uh, and a curved sword. 
the goblins in this in this book, I guess, are like crosses between goblins and hobbits because this guy looks like he's kind of fat and he enjoys his, he he enjoys his cheese and wine. So I can get down with that. Cool. There is a right-hand turn to the north in the passage. Cautiously, you approach a sentry post on the corner, and as you look in, you can see a strange goblin-like creature in leather armor asleep at his post. You try to tiptoe past him. So I get to test my luck. Let's click the test luck button. Six and five. Fuck yes. Sadly, you're... What? Okay. Oh, sadly, your luck has run out. You needed a luck score of 7 or below and rolled a luck score of 11. So I need to... I rolled 11. I needed a score of 7 or below. So I need to roll low. I need to be rolling low. I thought I did well with this skill check, but I didn't. I did bad. I messed up. I rolled wrong, but oh well, I can deal with that. So let's go, Goblin Man. You step with a crunch on some loose ground, and his eyes flick open. The creature that has just awakened is an orc. He scrambles to his feet and turns to grasp at a rope, which is probably the alarm bell. You must attack him quickly. You must fight. And I see a big fight button, so let's hit the button. Okay, the orc. Uh, stamina 5, skill 6. Uh, oh, I get two buttons here. I can either fight or I can luck. So let's... let's I think... Man. Hey, why is my luck? Oh, weird. Alright, let's fight. Click. I say click. Oh, okay. I roll two sixes, and I think he rolls a six and a three. Uh, I rolled 19, he rolled 15. That's our rolls plus our skill bonus. So I hit him for two uh, points of damage. His stamina goes down to three. And then we roll again, and I get some numbers, and, uh, and he rolls eight. Bang! He's got one stamina. Oh, this is great. Come on. One more good lucky roll. Oh, double sixes, and he rolled a four and a three. Fuck, man. 19 versus 13. I hit the orc. Stamina zero. I'm triumphant. You hear that? Man, great. There's an aeroplane flying overhead. There it goes. Early morning aeroplane commuters. Ah, oh, you step with a crunch. Oh no, here we are. Uh, you defeat him. You may continue up the passage. Turn to 301. Alright, let's do that. <clears throat> Uh, to your left. On the west face of the passage, there is a rough-cut wooden door. You listen at the door and can hear a rasping sound, which may be some sort of creature snoring. Do you want to open the door? I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> I mean, I know it's risky, but this kind of thing in games like this gets me killed almost constantly. In D&D games, I have a long history of just burning through characters doing dumb shit. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's open the door, see what's snoring inside. God damn, turn to page 82. The door opens to reveal a small, smelly room. In the centre of the room is a rickety wooden table on which stands a lit candle. Underneath the table is a small wooden box. Asleep on a straw mattress, in the far corner of the room is a short, stocky creature with an ugly, warty face. The same sort of creature that you found asleep at the sentry post. He must be the guard for the night watch. You may either return to the corridor and press on northwards, or creep into the room and try to take the box without waking the creature. Let's goddamn do it. 
You take a few careful steps closer to the box. Test your luck. Rolling die, rolling dices, a three and a two. Excellent! You are lucky. You needed a luck score of six or below, and you rolled a luck score of five. <laughs> I'm rolling really well. Uh, all right. It says you leave the room and open the box in the passage. So I guess what happens is I sneak in there, I grab the box, I take the box out into the passage. Inside you find a single piece of gold and a small mouse, which must have been the creature's pet. You keep the coin and release the mouse, which scurries off down the passageway. You gain two luck points. God damn, yes, I do. I do indeed. Fantastic. So I guess if failing a luck score makes your luck go down by one, then can succeeding a luck score make it go up by two? I don't know. I'll mull over that uh, while drinking this delicious coffee. Mm-mm. Ah, it's all gone now. That's it. It's uh, 6.34, so we've got some time still to turn to page 208. Further up the passage along the west wall, you see another door. You listen at it, but hear nothing. If I want to try and open the door, turn to page 397. If I want to continue northwards... I've been lucky so far. Let's leave this door alone. Let's continue northwards. Further up the passage on the west wall, you see another similar door. You listen at the door and grimace to hear the worst singing you have ever heard in your life. Do you want to go into the room to investigate this hideous din or walk on up the passage? Hmm. I feel like the obvious answer is to not go in the door with the singing because we know there's stuff alive in there doing stuff. But maybe it's like a party of elves who are going to be like, come and rest with us, weary traveller, and enjoy our disgustingly bad singing. Um, yeah. So I think because the obvious answer is not to go in the singing room, then maybe that's exactly what I'm going to do. So let's turn to page 370, and the door opens to reveal a small room. The room is dirty and unkempt. A straw mattress lies in one corner. In the centre of the room is a wooden table, upon which a candle burns. I'm going to turn the page now, but there's a drawing of two orc goblin characters. They're obviously awake. They look pretty haggard and tired. They're sitting in a like on a wooden couch at the table. Nice drawing again. So let's turn the page. Uh, a candle on the table, lighting the room with its flickering flame. A small box rests under the table. Seated around the table are two small creatures with warty skin, dressed in leather armour. They are drinking some sort of grog, and by the way, they are staggering on their feet. On your arrival, you assume they are very drunk. You may either draw your sword and leap forwards at them, or slam the door quickly and run on up the passage. Let's leap forwards at them, sword drawn. Slash, slash, stab, stab. The two drunken orcs you now face are obviously startled at your entrance, and as quickly as they are able, they fumble around for their weapons. You must attack each one in turn. Then drunkenness allows you to add one point to your skill during the battle. You must fight. Let's fight. Okay, first orc, stamina four, skill five, fight. Okay, I roll two fives, he's a four and a two. I've done well again. I score 18, he scores 11. Bang, he's down to two stamina. Fight. I roll a 5 and a 1, he's a 4 and a 2. Okay, first orc's dead, bang, pow, no more stamina. A uh, message pops up, you defeated the first orc, now you must face the second. Oh, his stamina is 5 and his skill is 5, he's a better orc. Fight. Um, oh, listeners, I've just gotten a message. Hang on. Alright, I'll be back in a second, sorry. Alright, message dealt with, here's the second stronger orc, stamina 5, skill 5, fight. 
Ah, oh, I roll a six and a three. He rolls a five and a four. So, uh, I total 17. He totals 14. Fantastic. This is all my... See, my skill is seven. His skill is five. That's why I, I can roll comparable amounts. We rolled exactly the same number, in fact, but my bonuses are a bit better. So, yeah, my first hit smash is down from five to three. I guess this, this is going to be a, a three-hit kind of walk. So, um... There's a symbol here next to... See, I get two options. I can fight, and then there's also luck. My skill and my luck are exactly the same. Seven and seven. So I don't really know... What the point... Like, what? what's luck do? I have no idea. But I, I'm, I'm having fun fighting. Let's continue fighting. Okay, I roll a six and a three. He rolls a five and a three. Bang! Smash! My total is 17. His is 13. Smash! He's down to one stamina. So one more hit should do it. Time to hit that fight button. Fight! I'm rolling my dice and... <gasps> I roll a six and a four. Here's a six and a four. Okay, that's it. That sealed it. Ah, undefeated. Fantastic. You hit the second orc, and I, you are triumphant. Excellent. Oh man. Uh, if you win the battle, turn to page three hundred and seventy-eight. Boo. You wipe your bloodied sword on the mattress. The green blood leaves a slimy stain on the straw. Stepping over the bodies towards the table, you flinch at the foul stench of the creatures. You can pick up the box from under the table and examine it. It is a small wooden box with crude hinges. The name Farigo de Maggio. De Maggio? Farigio de Maggio is inscribed on a brass nameplate on its lid. Italian orcs! Oh, mamma mia! If you wish to open the box, return uh, turn to page 296. If you decide to leave it behind and leave the room, turn to 42. Um, I tell you what, I'll take this opportunity, having successfully defeated those orcs, to have the last little draft of my delicious hot coffee. There we go. What? What the devil? This isn't coffee at all. This has turned into some kind of... Cheap Barossa Valley Shiraz, mixed 50-50 with an upmarket uh, watermelon pear and lychee juice. That's weird. Oh, and look over there on my laptop. My clock no longer says 6.30am. It's changed all the way up to 9.35pm. What is going on? Wow, I guess it must have taken me a, a lot, lot longer to read and then deal with that message than it felt like it did. Wow, I've lost the entire day. Oh, thank, thank God I've got this delicious wine. Wine here to soften the blow of my, uh, this weird blackout which I've had. <laughs> it's weird, I've been having a lot of them recently. I wonder why. Alright, let's get on with it, shall we? Man, I'm sorry that the cool ticking clock element of this episode just got chucked out the window, but yeah, no, I don't have to be anywhere it's at 6.50 anymore. I got all of the night to spend with you, dear listeners. I could spend as long as I want. Frankly, I'm probably just about to get stabbed to death by a pack of orcs, and I'll be like, well, this is this episode, but you know, it could go, could go on forever and ever. Or maybe I'll cut it short when it starts to feel like, you know, end of the episode kind of region. Just like normal. Okay, so this is obviously a trap box. I'm going to open F- Fragio DiMaggio's box and his uh, magic fire trap is going to blow my face off. But let's do it anyway. Turn to page 296. Go. I've played D&D before. I know what this is. Uh, oh, okay. The box contains a small leather-bound book entitled The Making and Casting of Dragonfire. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was pretty close. Uh, so... 
I, I can see a picture. It shows me a picture of the first page. Uh, and the first page says, And so, you who now hold this book, you have my life's work in your hands. The power of destruction is yours, if you wish it. But do not waste it. Unless you use the spell for the purpose for which it was intended, you shall be consumed by evil itself, and die by the fire from your own hands. Remember, only when the dragon breathes its fire at you should you raise your arms and say, Ekel Erif, Ekam Erif, Erif Erif Dimaggio. Oh, this'll come in handy. I had no idea there would be a dragon involved in this game, but hey, now when the dragon uh, breathes its fire at me, I need to remember to raise my arms and say Ekel Erif Ekam Erif 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 Dimaggio, which are the magic words. Great. It was someone's job to come up with those words. It's probably um who who are the authors? I don't know. Anyway, uh the the description of the picture continues. Fortunately it's written in your own language, and thus was probably How do I turn the page again? Oh, swipe. Unintelligible to the orcs. Otherwise, this treasure would certainly not have been so loosely guarded as it was. The book is written in tiny handwriting by Faraggio Maggio. In it, he tells the story of his life's work, the creation of the Dragonfire spell, which was crafted to fight evil dragons. You read how, in his last years, Faraggio finally perfected his spell, but by then was too old to make use of it. So he completed his book, locked it in a chest, and hid it in the depths of Firetop Mountain. Ah, oh, Firetop Mountain's probably it's probably the fire is made by a dragon, right? Yeah. Uh, afraid of what might happen were it to fall into the wrong hands. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't want a spell for killing evil dragons to fall into the wrong hands. We wouldn't want evil people going around killing evil dragons. No, have to keep spells like that. Spells which kill evil dragons only for good people. Uh, the last page reads, And so, you who now hold this book, you have my last work. Okay, we've read all this. Yada, yada, yada. Ekam Erif, 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 Dimaggio. You say these words slowly and softly. Suddenly, the pages seem to glow. As the glow disappears, the words on the page fade with it. You repeat the spell to yourself to memorize it and leave the room. Shit. Books were a pretty different proposition back in these fantasy times, weren't they? Way back in the fantasy past. Like you'd work your whole goddamn last bit of your life off to write a book, and then one dickhead reads it, and poof, it's disappeared. And you're like, well, I hope they remembered my entire book, because the entire book is gone. Turn to page 42. Oh, we get a little picture of an axe here. It could just be like, this page is mostly blank, so let's stick an axe there right in the middle of the page. You eventually arrive at the end of the passage, at a three-way junction. A three-way junction. You may turn either to the west or to the east. So, this is like a a T, a T junction. A three-way junction. Um, Here we are. Join in the three-way. Turn to page 114. Okay. Ah, I'll come back to the three-way. So, for now, let's turn east, because right is always right. You arrive at another junction in the passage. You may either go northwards or continue eastwards. Um, yeah. Let's take this bending passage, shall we? Let's not continue eastward. Let's take the bend. You see a well-used door on the right-hand east side of the passageway. With your ear to the keyhole, you listen and hear a man screaming for help from the inside. 
Will you open the door? Turn to page 213. Or walk past and ignore the screams? Turn to 314. It's preying on my empathy. This feels like a trap. This feels like a book trap. I'm going to open it and it's going to be a baddie who's been locked up. And it's going to do fights with me or something like that. But what if it's a goodie? What if it's Graham Gardner or Bill Oddie? What if it's Tim Brooke Taylor? Yeah, just in case it's a goodie, let's open the door. Turn to page 213. The door is locked. You may use your skill to try and charge it down. Roll two dice. If the number rolled is equal to or less than your skill score, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, let's roll those dice. Oh, but then if I fail the if I fail the test, then my skill score goes down, doesn't it? I don't want that. Maybe I don't want to go in the door. Um. Oh, I don't get to go back though. I'm committed now to roll the dice. Let's roll the dice. Click. Click. Yep. Ah, oh, six and four. Okay. Sadly, you fail the skill check. Um. I don't remember what I would have said here, but it was probably something real funny. Anyway. Uh, you ram your shoulders against the door to no avail. You lose one stamina for your bruised shoulder. Shit. Continue along the passage. Yep. Continue along the passage. Uh, further up the passage, you see a door in the east wall. You listen hard, but hear no sound. Do you want to open the door to investigate? Or walk further up the passage? Let's, uh, let's open that door and turn to page 223. Just opening doors left and right. East and west. Okay, the door is firmly locked. You may try to force it open, or you may continue along the corridor. Uh, I've got stamina for days. Let's spend some of it bashing our little body up against firmly locked doors like this one. Alright, so... You charge the door, hitting it squarely with your shoulder. Roll two dice. Uh, Oh, I definitely passed the skill check. Excellent. The door opens. Turn to page 155. (gasps) Oh, fuck me, listeners! I'm looking, oh, I'm looking into a, I've got a picture here. It's a good looking picture. The art, the art is good. This is good art. Uh, It's a a line drawing with a pen made of what looks like an old armory. Man, just looking at the picture, it's like in a little uh, stone vault of a room. Uh, There's a, a torch on the opposite wall and there's spears and swords and axes and shields and armor. Uh, The description reads, The door splits along its length and you can wrench the timbers apart. A torch hangs from one wall, lighting up a small armory room stocked with swords, shields, helmets, daggers, breastplates, and the like. You examine the weaponry and find nothing appearing superior to your own sword. However, a circular iron shield with a golden crescent at its centre catches your eye. I can see it in the picture. The, uh, The artist has really made... Like, taken the descriptions and just turned them straight into art. But good art. So that's good. I'm liking this. This is fun. Uh, You pick it up and feel its weight on your arm. This shield, it will aid you in battle. There's a little typo there. This shield, it will aid you in battle by helping to fend off damage. If you are using this shield and a creature wounds you, you may throw one die. If you throw a six, the creature inflicts only one point of damage instead of the normal two. If, for some reason, the creature would normally only inflict one point of damage, then a successful roll of six would mean that no damage is done. You add the crescent shield to your gear. Leave the room and continue up the corridor. Turn to page 300. Click. Great. That was a success. Yeah. 
All right, on the east wall of the passage, you see another door. This time made of solid metal. Listening at the door, you can hear the sound of tortured screams coming from within. Okay, they've ramped up the screams. If you wish to try opening the door, turn to page 102. If you decide to ignore this room and continue up the corridor, well, if I didn't ignore the normal screams, there's no way I'm going to ignore tortured screams. I mean, I could probably jump on in there and stop the torture of this poor individual. Uh, yeah. Let's try and open the door and turn to page 102. Okay. The door is not locked and opens. That's not what I was expecting. The room in front of you seems to be a small torture chamber with various torture devices around the walls. In the centre of the room, two small hunchback creatures are torturing a dwarf who is tied to a hook in the ceiling by his wrists. The two hunchbacks are poking and cutting him viciously with their swords. The dwarf lets out a final scream and falls silent, eyes closed. His captors make disappointed noises and look around angrily at you as if it were your fault that the dwarf has collapsed. Oh, there goes my dwarf ally. I turn the page. You must act quickly. Will you close the door quickly and continue up the corridor? Draw your sword and try to fight the creatures. Stride over to the dwarf. Give him a jab with your sword and put on an evil laugh for the torturers. <laughs> well, that's not really in my character. Although, I am a pretty lady and I need to compensate for that. Do I want to compensate by committing murder of a dwarf? Or pretending to have wanted to commit murder of a dwarf for the benefit of these hunchback creatures? I guess I don't. I think I want to fight the hunchbacks. I think I'm a goodie. Like, if there's any goodies in this dungeon, it's me. I'm Graham Garden, swaggering through this dungeon, swinging my sword. Chop, chop. Alright, these two evil creatures are goblins. They attack you one at a time and you must fight. Fight her! Okay, first goblin. Stamina 5, skill 5. I'm gonna fight it. Bang! <gasps> I roll a 4 and a 1. It rolls a 5 and a 1. So my total is 12. His is 11! Bang! Stamina down to 3. Uh, I can either fight or luck. Um, Let's try luck. I wonder what luck does. I'm going to roll luck. Oh, I rolled two green die. One four and one three. Um, and I guess he rolled die two, although I didn't see it. Uh, that's interesting. So I rolled a seven, he rolled a seven, and I, I, I attack him and I don't take any damage. So I think, I think fighting is better than luck for me for whatever reason. Oh shit! Oh shit! My luck went down by one! I didn't know that was how it worked! My luck is now six. Oh, fuck luck. Keep on fighting. I roll a five and a four, he rolls a three and a one. So smash, bang, I kill the first goblin. Here comes, yeah, you have defeated first goblin, now you must face second goblin. Okay, six and five, they get bigger as they go on in this game always. Fight, fight you goblin. I roll a five and a one, he a three and a three, or it, could be a she. 13 and 11 is the total numbers, so bang, they go down to four. Okay, fight. Oh, a four and a three for me, a six and a one for them. 14 versus 12 is the total. In my favor, I haven't taken a hit yet. I'm doing amazing at this. Okay, oh, two and a one versus a four and a two. This is my first hit, isn't it? Oh, 10 versus 11. Oh, I rolled, holy fucking hell. So I took, I took damage and then a little dice came out. I should explain, in this game, uh, it's like I'm rolling little 3D die, 3D dices. 
3D dice. And then after I took, I just took the hit then, but then this other little die came out and rolled along. And this is my shield. And listeners, guess what has happened? I rolled a six and blocked using the crescent shield. So I get to take just one damage instead of two. Uh, so I'm down to 18 stamina and let's fight. Fight, fight, fight. Okay, I roll a two and a one. They roll a five and a four. This is my second hit of the match. Total numbers 10 versus 14. Oh, I roll a five in my shield save. So, pow, my stamina goes down to 16. Fight. Come on, fight. I roll a three and a three. They are five and a four. The total numbers are 13 versus 14. My third hit of the match, and my crescent shield doesn't come through. I'm down to 14 health. Come on, you goddamn goblin. Oh, a five and a four versus a six and a five. Um, mine was the 5 and the 4. It's 16 versus 16. You both miss. Fight. Fight. Two ones and they roll a 6 and a 2. Fuck, my fourth hit of the match. My crescent shield rolled a 1. I take 2 damage. God damn these goblins. This orc, I mean dwarf, sorry, not orc. He better be worth all this trouble I'm going through. All these hits and slashes and poundings that I'm taking. Alright, come on. This will be the Barcelona. Fight. I roll my dice and I get a 5 and a 2. They get a 3 and a 3. And a slash, slash, I, I kill the last goblin. Oh, fantastic. You cut down the dwarf. He is, as you guessed, dead. I didn't guess that at all. I thought he'd be revivable. Bummer. Going through the pockets of the two goblins, you find a large piece of sweet-smelling cheese. Oh, things are looking up. Things are looking up for player. <laughs> My character. You put it in your pack and leave the room northwards. So the okay, I guess the dwarf didn't have anything. He was a torture victim. They would have the first. That's the first torture is they steal all your cheese. <laughs> oh my cheese! Oh please no! <laughs> we'll enjoy this later. That's what the goblins say. More wine. Ah oh, yum. All right. How are we going? I'm just about to hit the fifty-minute mark. We'll do some more adventuring, won't we? Yeah, this is going good. Turn to page three hundred and three. Oh, a picture on this page. A picture and some words. You arrive at the end of the passage where it meets another going east-west, but an iron portcullis blocks your way, and no amount of charging is going to budge this. And this is what I see in the picture, listeners. I see a portcullis. But in the picture, next to the portcullis, which is like a, you know, a big, like a gate, goy, uppy-downy, heavy gate. Yeah, you know what a portcullis is. Next to the portcullis on the wall are two switches in this picture. Let's see if they're described. <clears throat> on the wall to your right are two levers, and it seems likely that these levers have something to do with raising the portcullis. So do you wish to pull the right or left lever? So I'm committed now. There's no going back. Right or left? Well, right is always right. So I'll page, I'll page to turn 128 to uh, pull the right lever. Click. You hear a deep rumbling noise, and the ground begins to shudder. Slowly and noisily, the portcullis rises into the ceiling, and you may now walk to the junction. Will you turn west or east? Um, man, I sure have been heading east for some time, haven't I? Uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep up the habit. Go east. Bang. Ah, oh, we see another picture. There's, what have we got here? We've got one solitary torch burning on the wall. Uh, and there's a tree stump, which has been carved into a seat. It's quite a thick, it's like a big couch of a thing from a big thick tree stump. And there's a sign nailed to the, the, 
the sheer rock wall with obviously pretty strong nails and it says rest ye here weary traveler <clears throat> let's see what the description says cautiously you creep along the passageway after a short time it turns sharply to the north at the corner there is a bench of solid wood and above the bench a sign reads rest here weary traveler here you may stop and eat provisions if you wish if you don't wish to or you don't have any left uh, and you wish to continue, turn to page 367. Alright, so yeah, let's stop and sit on this obviously trapped couch, shall we? Turn to page 15. As you sit on the bench and eat your food, you begin to feel deeply relaxed, and the aches from your body seem to soothe themselves away. This resting place is enchanted! You restore two additional stamina points and one skill point when you are ready to continue move along. Oh, how's my character sheet looking? Uh, total stamina, 18 out of 21. Skills, 7 out of 7. Provisions, I've got 9 of them. And I still have my potion of strength, which restores my stamina. Yeah, cool. My crescent shield, my cheese, my dragonfire spell, my gold pieces. Yeah, I'm pretty well equipped and I'm having a lot of fun. Alright, when you're ready to continue, move along the passage. Turn to page 367. Here we are. You arrive at another junction in the passageway. If you would like to head westwards, uh, turn to page 235. If you wish to go east, turn to page 323. So east, we've been hitting that east button pretty hard. Maybe it's time to ease off, shall we? No, let's go east. Let's keep it up. Yeah, we've turned east. After a few meters, you reach another three-way junction. You may go either northwards or eastwards. Fuck it, eastwards we go. Come on, east. The passage ends in a sturdy wooden door. Man, this is such a maze-like environment. I was not expecting something so complicated. Listeners, are you listening to this? Listen to me have this realization. Why the fuck wasn't I drawing a map? I am so lost. The book told me to draw a map, and I haven't. Oh, wait, does it give me a map? Do I have a map here? I have a map! Portcullis. Drunken orcs. Okay. Uh, it's a weird map. Cave entrance, shallow pit, goblin sentry, guard room, drunken orcs, armory, torture chamber, portcullis. Uh, and that's it. That's all it's got. This is not a great map. This is a weird abstract map. But whatever. Maybe it'll come in handy when I'm super duper lost. Anyway. Uh, passage ends in a sturdy wooden door. If you want to try opening it, turn to 193. If you want to go back to the junction and try another route, turn to 93. Let's open this door. Bam. Oh, fuck. What is this? Ah, oh, I see a weird, disgusting monster. Although it might be a sculpture. It's up on a plinth. It's pretty lifelike, though. I see a picture of a really weird monster. I guess it's not that weird. It's got a weird face. It's got weird adornment. It looks real cool. I love the art style. It's great. Alright, the description. The door opens and you enter a small room. Your eyes widen as you look around to see that the walls of the room are covered in ornate stoneworks. Mosaics and marble inlays give this room a kind of beauty you have never seen before. In a corner of the room is a large metal statue of a one-eyed creature. In its single eye is sparkling a jewel. As there appear to be no other ways through the room, you'll have to go back to the junction. But that large jewel is very tempting. Will you leave it alone or go back to the junction? I mean, and go back to the junction. 
And then the, the other option is try to take the jewel with you, obviously. Okay. So, this is a big D&D trap. This is the DM going, Yeah, go on, do it, you fucker. Do it. <laughs> Wait till you find out what this monster is. It's going to kill you really, really, really a lot if you do this. So, I know, I know this is the trap. But the jewel might be important. And I have a... I have, like, a, a philosophy to uphold, a history <laughs> of doing this kind of thing in D&D games. Just sticking my sticking my face right into the trap and just biting the, biting the bait <laughs> with my teeth and having it spring around my neck and my head pop off. And I just get killed every single time. It, it was like a running joke in our D&D games. They're like, oh, Dan... <laughs> It's like a golden chalice on this one island in the middle of the swamp. Do you want to go see what this bright golden chalice in the middle of the night is? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Ah, fear fucker, you just got killed by an otyug. Bang. Uh, anyway. Okay, yeah, let's get that jewel. Take the jewel. Bang. You approach the statue cautiously. A scampering behind you makes you flash around, but it's only a rat. It's only a rat. You feel at you feel at the jewel, but it is solidly in place. You try to work your sword behind it as and as you work, you hear an ominous creaking noise, and to your horror the statue is beginning to move. You jump down and you draw your sword. The iron cyclops cranes its head around towards you and steps down from its pedestal. You must fight. If you win, turn to page 75. If you want to escape during combat, you can run through the door back to the junction. Turn to page 93. But that's blocked off. I have to escape during combat. If you are defeated by this menacing beast, dot, dot, dot. But that's also blocked off. I have to fight before these options are unlocked. So let's fight. Am I going to be a coward, listeners, and escape? No, I'm not. I'm going to fucking kill this bastard. This Iron Cyclops does not know what is coming. Fight. Here's me. Yeah, I'm given the option to escape. It's stamina 10, skill 10. It has more skill than me, but less stamina. This is going to be real hard. And frankly, listeners, this is like 80% chance. This is going to be the end of the the end of this episode of Warlock of Firetop Mountain. Okay. I must fight. So, I fight. Bang. A 6 and a 3 for me, a 4 and a 3 for it. So the total numbers in the end are something and something. I don't I don't remember the maths, but suffice it to say, its numbers are bigger than mine, so I take 2 damage. I'm down to 16. Roll again. Fight. I roll a 4 and a 1. They a 6 and a 4. So <laughs> I take another hit. And I succeed my shield check! I only take one damage. Kalukale! I go down to 15 stamina. I don't think I... I can't use my potion in battle. Okay, fight. Okay, a 6 and a 1 for me. A 6 and a 5 for them. A second hit. Bang! And I fail my shield check. I'm down to 13. Fight! Come on, player! 3 and a 3 for me. 6 and a 1. Another hit. And I... Succeed again! With my shield check, I'm down to, to 12 stamina. Fight! Five and one, and then five and three for them. They get another hit. Come on, shield. Ah, I roll a five for my shield. I'm down to 10 health. Fight! Five and a two for me. Five and a four. Another hit. Ah, and I fail my check. I'm down to eight. Come on, fight! Four and one versus... <gasps> ah, fuck. That was interesting. 
I rolled... Listeners. I rolled the dice, and the dice settled. And there was a fraction of a second where I tapped the screen, and then they jumped, and they re-rolled. I think I've just figured out a little cheat that the game lets me do. That's interesting. But I fail again. Uh, they re-rolled to a 6 and a 1 for me, and a 6 and a 3 for, for the giant. So I take another hit. I go down to 6. So let's fight. Oh, I get to kind of re-roll it a little bit. Yeah, I can. Okay, so in the end... No, nah, this is another, another strike for them. 15 versus 18. And I fail my fail my uh, shield roll. So I've got four stamina left. Um, so I'll try and hit it one more time, and then I'll just escape. Uh, so I, I roll my dice, and I get some numbers. He rolls his dice, and he gets some numbers. And then the final numbers are... 16 versus 17! Fuck! And I fail my shield test. That's it. Okay, I've got two stamina left. I'm going to escape. Trying to escape. I'm killed! I get killed. I get overcome by my enemy. I guess I have to take a hit before I escape. I didn't realize that. I wish it had told me. You are overcome by your enemy. Ouch. If you are defeated by this menacing beast, you are dead. The perils of Firetop Mountain have bested you, thwarting your quest to defeat the Warlock. The end. Click. Shit, listeners. <sighs> oh, a little pop-up has come up. I'm back in the, the main library where I cho- choose which book to play. Are you enjoying Fighting Fantasy Classics? We'd love a rating and a review from you. Yeah, I'll do it later. Okay, cool. Boop. Listeners. It's the end of the episode. I hope you've had fun. Um, I'm going to do more. I'll try re-rolling a character. I had fun being a player. The uh, the friendly looking lady. With terrible luck and skill. But amazing stamina. That was good fun. Um, I'll try the same uh, game again. But uh, with a different character. And that way I know what kind of shit I'm getting myself into. With the Iron Cyclops. And I also know what I want. Like I want the little... I want the little box with the fire spell. I want to kill the torturers for their cheese, because I feel like that cheese is going to be the key to this whole story. So yeah, I'll try again. Man, this feels good. This feels like a good series to do. Alright, so I'm wrapping up now. Um, Just before I go, uh, I wanted to start doing a new thing. Um, Hang on, let me just open up. Open up Patreon on my phone. Uh, Yeah, so... Just before I finish up, everyone everyone who started to follow me on Patreon, I'm going to start doing a thing where uh, I'm going to be reading out your names at the end of each episode. So I've been banking them for a little while. I've got a, a couple different... Uh, yeah, so there'll be a few names here. And then, uh, like, next next episode, there'll probably be a few less names. But uh, so I'll start... <clears throat> I want to thank, thank Andy Bimson. Thank you, Andy. I want to thank... France Cloche or Cloch. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but I think it's Cloche. Cloch. Uh, I want to thank Cassandra Doggers or Dodgers. No, D O G G E R S. That's Doggers. Cassandra Doggers. I want to thank Clarence Fishbin. Uh, Lee Dong Hyun. Lee Dong Hwan. Uh, Melanie Ball. Cameron Flash, Cameron Flash, 
Uh, I want to thank Rolled Fuck Fart. Um, I want to thank Penny Lee Glage, Ken Fisht, uh, Armand Boybell. Uh, I want to thank Alexander Cunt. Thank you, Alexander. Uh, and Simon Wiggle. So thank you all. Those are the Patreon supporters for this week. And uh, yeah, there'll be a few less names next week. But uh, thanks everyone for your kind donations. And uh, everyone listening at home, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Daniel Gaze Let's Plays podcast. I'll see you all around next time I play more Warlock of Firetop Mountain or some other game. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.